Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour, with your co-host, Richard Geiger. Hello. Today we have another guest in a string of lucky guests that we have. We have uh, famed actor, director, and lactomancer Christian Doyle uh, here with us. Hi, Ken. Hi, Richard. Hello. So um, we... uh, we are half and half uh, of the audience that I think that you're probably familiar with. Uh, one half on my side being completely familiar with your work, and one half on Richard's side being having been forced to watch some of your work because he had not seen any of it yet, and <laughs> then appreciating why it's so good. Absolutely. Um, so uh, for those of our listeners that are not entirely familiar with the name Christian Doyle, uh, this gentleman is primarily uh, known for uh, a handful of very funny game-centric, um, or maybe not game-centric, but fantasy, at least, centric uh, television shows and movies produced by Zombie Orpheus Entertainment. Um, so the way we like to start off with everybody, let's start with the basics. So where did you where did you begin? I mean, you were you always a theater guy? Was this something from the the high school in? You know, this was what was going to be, or did you start on another path? Uh, no, definitely started there. I was a, I was a theater kid. Moved around a lot. Went to a lot of different schools and uh, had to learn how to meet people, if not get to know them very well. So acting became part of the job, really. So. Um, you're currently situated out in, uh, are you in Seattle as well? I'm in the Seattle area, the, south of Seattle. South of Seattle. So was this kind of always your area? You say you moved around a lot. Where um, Was this like always, always kind of on the West Coast or did you kind of? No, no. I, I was born in, uh, in Tacoma, Washington, but I, I lived all over the country. Uh, Ohio, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee. Okay. So we were talking to Steve Walbrecht not too long ago. And guy. yeah, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's, he's a, a, a gem. Um, mm-hmm. So he was talking about when we were asking him about the formation of uh, the dead gentleman and zombie Orpheus and that whole thing. He's talking about a good chunk of the individuals kind of already knew each other. Are you one of the individuals that falls into that group or did you kind of meet up later? I, I knew them peripherally. <laughs> So you just kind of. I wasn't, I wasn't part of the group when they started up, but I knew a couple of them, uh, namely Matt Vansel and Ben Dobbins, uh, through doing improv. Okay. So uh, improv uh, is is kind of a kind of an interesting thing for some people. Love kind of love it or hate it. I know. Uh, yeah, it is one of those things, but it's a good tool, and it's uh, it's. I don't know. I think it makes my gaming better. Well, if, if not, that is That's what is true. important <laughs> more than anything else, you gotta gotta have the gaming on lock. Okay, so so uh, how tell me tell me how it is that you came to be involved with Zombie Orpheus and kind of this whole crew because you you've been involved in many of their projects uh, since right. inception. So what happened? Well, like I said, I knew them peripherally. You know, I had done an improv with them a couple of years before they started making movies, and. Uh, one day I saw Matt Vansel at the coffee shop I worked at and he gave me uh, a, a video cassette with the first Demon Hunters movie on it. And he's like, you, you, you need to watch this. And so I was like, all right, yeah, I've got a VHS player still. So, and I did, and I, uh, and I loved it. 
So you were kind of immediately bought in? I, I was a fan, yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Demon so, Hunters hooked me. Demon Hunters 2 hooked me even more. I saw the uh, original Gamers film also on VHS uh, that we borrowed from a friend. And true. Uh, then I met, I met Nathan Rice at his job when he was uh, my waiter at a pizza place. And I uh, had my then wife run home and get the VHS so he could sign it. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. Such, such a fan I was. So, okay. Now tell me, this is the important thing. How much did you tip him? Mm. <laughs> oh, no, he got, he got a solid 20%. Oh, there we go. I come, I come from a family of waitstaff. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to treat, treat the waitstaff right because uh, it, it's, it's a rough life, I'll tell you what. Not in Seattle area anymore. They, really? Oh yeah, the, the wages got cranked up in Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah, good. we make the big money out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you can almost afford things. Yes, right? we call it service industry rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, all right. So let let's talk in, introduction to gamers. So this is this is kind of the 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 movie that that. Uh, or at least the second one for a lot of people is really where things kind of exploded and everything uh, got a great deal of visibility. It had the the presence on Netflix for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. So in that, you play a uh, a. Is this a version of yourself? This is the first question I asked because I looked at. Uh, yeah, no, I get that question a lot. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I don't. I don't game that way. Oh. Uh, but I don't know. I think he's just a lot. Of, he reminded. He was of so many people that I had played with already because I grew up, you know, playing this game. And yeah, it was just kind of. He's Gary's kind of a you know a composite of a, a lot of the people I grew up with and the way they played. It's an amalgamation of different personalities. Yeah. So does that mean that in in the realm of theatrical mentality, there's always the debate uh, about whether or not when you are performing something, whether you are actually just bringing out an element of your own personality or whether you are actually transforming yourself into the individual that you are portraying. Yeah, I I fully subscribe to the first one. The first (laughs) one. (laughs) <laughs> Very much. You have to put a little bit of yourself into everything you do. Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's fake. Yeah, I, I can well, more more fake even than the fake that you're already portraying. That you're already portraying. Yes. So okay, so you you did improv. You knew these guys on a peripheral sense. You know anybody right. that's seen the gamers movies. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been well, by that point. I wasn't doing improv anymore, or even theater. I was uh, I was selling police equipment. Two really? police departments. Huh. It was, uh, yeah. And uh, I had just, like, I had just lost my job a few weeks before, and uh, the guy who ran the comic book shop directed plays at the local community theater. And he had just lost a bunch of guys. They were doing a few good men. He lost eight actors uh, because they were all members of the U.S. Army and had just been called oh. to Iraq. Oh, man. Oh, wow. So a really few good men. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they were they were trying to be very authentic with it. We were right next to a military base. It made sense. Uh, and he asked if I could come in and fill a few of those roles because they were only you know a few lines here, a few lines there, you know, sergeant at arms kind of stuff. Okay. And I you know I did everything better to do so. I said yes, and uh, I did that play, and I met a guy named Scott Brown, Scott C. Brown, mm-hmm. who was who was also in the show. 
Yeah. And uh, the last week of the performances, there was a, uh, a notice on the back door of the stage that said there were auditions for Gamers 2. And I made Scott go with me to those. <laughs> Interesting. So, so uh, having seen uh, you know the, the Gamers and Journey Quest myself, and I've seen how you interact with the other actors, uh, and, and comparing that to a lot of other... Not pet project. It's not the right word, but um, projects that are not funded by large Hollywood studios and still getting their legs under them, and sometimes not being able to give the same level of quality they may intend to to give. the The level of quality that is present in the gamers and Journey Quest seems to be at least partially, if not majorly, result of the not just the writing, but the interaction between all the actors. How well you guys congeal. How did you oh, make? Yeah. How did you get that kind of uh, that bond? Uh, well, before we ever shot anything, we did a couple of rehearsals and we did a couple of gaming sessions together. Mm. So and uh, yeah and. You know, for those of them who didn't know how to play already, and you know, just so we there was a level of authenticity there, and we started kind of just hanging out. <laughs> so <laughs> now, now when you brought them in, did you bring them in like we're going to play the current three point five version, or did you bring them in old school? Bring in some old A D and D. Third edition was a, was a kind of a new thing at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, Dungeons and Dragons was nice enough to you know give us all this product placement. <laughs> so we played Dungeons and Dragons. That is fantastic. So Perfect. a combination of acting, improv, and avoiding long-term body odor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we got, we've, we've become close enough now where long-term body odor is not even an issue. <laughs> we, just, we just ignore it. So in kind of trying to, to dig up some information as we do because mm-hmm. uh, we want to we want to be able when we're talking to folks find out a little bit more information so we don't sound like we're you know complete losers i guess we dug around and i found your uh, imdb page and i found a very interesting piece of information on your imdb page um it says that you are six feet tall that's true <laughs> that and is the extent of your body. That is the extent of everything that's on there. Yeah, that is, uh, that is 100% true. That's uh, how I maintain my IMDB page, which is to say not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I, uh, don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't. I don't deal with my own IMDB page. I don't have an agent, so it just gets undone and left undone. And, well, and, and just somehow I keep working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But more importantly, we found, you know, in some, some bits of the information – on there, uh, more importantly, on the Zombie Orpheus webpage, it, it talked about a lot of the stuff going on through different seasons, and and a lot of the stuff that you've appeared in. Obviously, you've been the you've been an actor of to some degree in all of these things. But one of the things that I noticed is that you did a lot of directing in some of the seasons. Um, you know, tell us how that came to be a little bit. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've directed a little bit of theater here and there, and um, we were shooting uh, Natural One up in Guelph, in Ontario, and uh, <laughs> the stunt team that was there for the fight scenes uh, was only there for one day, and it wasn't a day that we were on set, and we had this big uh, 
shootout to to do like to shoot the, and we only had one night to do it in this courthouse that was empty and we were shooting it you know until we started shooting at two in the morning and shot all the way through sunup so we were a little punchy and we didn't have a second unit director to do any of the action scenes and so i uh being i, I do fight choreography for stage so i put it together and you know just and apparently i did an okay job <laughs> uh, <laughs> because then i uh, then we started like that was where we started talking about doing attacking the darkness and came up with the idea for it. So we shot that the very next year, uh, you know, just real quick because there was another movie shooting and we wanted to be on that set. Hmm. And that was, I mean, I directed that just because there was only a few of us there. I, you know, it was, it was my story. So Ben was nice enough to let me tell it. And that went well enough where uh, Matt Vansel, when he wasn't going to be able to do Journey Quest 3, asked me to do it. So... Go ahead. I was gonna say so that that kind of led into you not only having the opportunity to do the directing from the whole piece, but also directing yourself for all of that as well. So yeah, I'll never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say so. Tell you know, give us a little insight on the dynamic of that. Well, I was uh, I was scared about that from the very beginning, uh, maybe more than anything else. I mean, even with having to, you know, recast a main role and get a whole new, you know, production team, which was daunting enough, I had to figure out a way to direct myself. So what I did was uh, when it came time to hire all the crew, I just hired the very best people that were interested in the project that I could find. And I was lucky enough to come across uh, Jeremy Mackey, who was our uh, director of photography, award winning, just amazing, amazing filmmaker. And uh, I told him from the outset, I'm like, look, I, I need your eyes for those scenes. And he was more than willing to help me out. Not to mention Tony Becerra, who was, you know, there on set every day as well and has been, you know, the, uh, the AD and executive producer on Journey Quest from the very beginning. He was there to help the whole time as well. So it, uh, it took a lot of pressure off because I was surrounded by people who were very, very professional and, you know, knew what they were doing on a film set. And it let me focus on, you know, finding the shots I wanted and, you know, being able to direct to the actors, which is why, where I feel my strength lied. So in having the experience now, directing versus acting, which do you kind of prefer? Um, you know, I really, really enjoy the directing. It was, I want to do more of it, uh, but... I'm very comfortable acting. Like I, I, I enjoy it because it's become part of my daily routine. More natural. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. I feel, I feel very, very comfortable in front of a large group of people. <laughs> That's important if you're going to be doing improv as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, I have seen, uh, I've seen a handful of uh, comedy improv groups have something go slightly wrong and then you get the, the dead silence that uh, that can occur where you've lost track of what you're doing and oh no I don't put up with that in my shows <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let the audience get uncomfortable for that long <laughs> sometimes it doesn't take very long no, yeah you got to pick it up you got to quick 
so, okay, so you've got this feeling, and you've got the feeling of directing. You've got the feeling of acting. Each have their own, you know, certain perks and pressures. What is the difference in feeling that you have from, from your perspective? Now you've had both hats. Does it feel different? How does it, how does it go for you? Well, for me, I was, you know, I was filling shoes of a guy that I really, really looked up to for directing. I was doing it specifically Journey Quest, you know, for yeah. him to, yeah. I wanted it to be as much Matt Vansel's vision as possible because it's his show. <laughs> yeah. So. And, uh, and I've never really done acting for anybody but me. That's a good so. point, yeah. Uh, ATD was a different experience because I, I had a certain amount of ownership over that from the very beginning and I felt like I was telling a good story and I, I don't care if I'm behind the camera or in front of it as long as I'm part of that you know storytelling experience I'm happy so as far as preference I'll do whatever I can I don't have one I just enjoy it so long as you as can as still I'm be involved with what you love telling a good story yeah yeah so okay, um, so you've had a chance to work with some pretty amazing people over the time. Um, yeah. Now I had a, a small question about you know specifically with Journey Quest, you had a, a couple of uh, actors or at least personalities that have some more mainstream kind of. Um, oh yeah. Uh, uh, look that they've had like uh, Connor. Connor Marks uh, was in Gamers 2, and uh, Fran Kranz was in Journey Quest, and uh, Bob Sapp. So how did you guys manage to uh, run into, uh, I mean, run into some of these people that have this more mainstream appeal? Well, you know, as far as Connor, I don't know... uh I don't know where we met him. As far as I know, he just came out for auditions for Gamers 3 or we asked him for it. I wasn't on that end of things. I was just another actor, and, man, he blew me away from day one. That guy is so good. (laughs) Uh, But Bob and uh, Fran were both fans of Journey Quest Ah. and enjoyed it and uh, had a connection with Matt Vansel when he was uh, down in Los Angeles. And so he was in contact with them, and he asked them if they would be interested. And sure enough, that's kind of crazy. Lucky. That's kind of crazy, especially with Bob because his schedule is absurdly and is crazy. It's just crazy because he lives in Japan. Okay, that I didn't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta work around a tight schedule with that guy. Okay, so so when you have these individuals that come in that have been used to working with um, some major production companies, you know, the, the, the big million-dollar, multi-million-dollar movies that they're going to be sometimes involved with and sometimes working with big directors like, you know, Fran had worked with Joss Whedon. Right, the, right. The, does that sometimes bring a different perspective into what you get to work with? How does that, how does that gel? Uh, it doesn't. It like it, I mean, it gels fine. It doesn't. It, it's not. It gels just fine because these guys come into it. I mean, really knowing what they're getting into for the most part. Uh, well, yeah. They're not. They're not divas at all. <laughs> we've got. We've got more divas in our regular cast than we do with our with our guest stars <laughs> like that. 
Well, yeah. And I mean that in the very nicest way possible. I, I count myself among them. And so <laughs> I think I'm way harder to work with than those guys. Well, I was thinking more along the lines of, um, you know, sometimes the, you know, when you're dealing with um, a, a different budget, do they, you know, do, you know they're going into the scene and it, do, is it, you know, we're, we're used to, to dealing with it in this way, but, you know, I've dealt with these other things. They bring certain tricks of the trade that you kind of get a chance to learn off of or. Well, most of them have been coming from an actor perspective and they're, their onset behavior is similar to everybody else's. I mean, mm-hmm. every, everyone else has been doing it at this point just as long as they have. I see. Just on a much on a much smaller scale, but they're really, you know, they're very very familiar with set etiquette because our guy, our our crew, you know, our assistant director in particular, have have worked on these big film sets and know how a big film set is run, which is why our film set is run the same way. Huh. See, that's something that the average person would know wouldn't know about. We'll have to get into that at some point. Uh, the the well, set I mean, editing you know, thing. These, a lot of these guys went to you know after after Demon Hunters and Gamers came out, they went to school to become filmmakers. And in the process of going to school, they you know they have gotten they've been asked to teach because of the way that they make film. It's that's awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Success breeds more success. That's for sure. Um. So. Okay, so and I've got to ask. This is just a personal question of mine here. So you're you're playing Perf in yeah. in Journey Quest, and for the most part, your um, your clothing for it is is fairly it's breathable, it's easy. But that hat, I have to that, that hat that hat. I have to imagine that would have been occasionally difficult to work around. I mean, it's 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 hard to shoot around. It's like another character. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that hat is oh god I would do anything to get rid of that hat <laughs> so I don't know if you remember seeing this Richard but the hat that we we're speaking of if you can yeah if you can imagine it it's 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 a sombrero mixed with a with a wizard's hat it's kind of a a fun it's huge it is just huge uh, did you get to to keep it after the shooting was over, or is there a museum? Uh, it's, it's in our it's in it's in our streaming studio right now. That's where awesome. we shoot uh, Death from Above and Masters of the Metaverse. That's that's very cool. So so what are what are these new projects you're, you're working on? Uh, tell us about them a little bit. Uh, we've been doing live play tabletop role playing mm-hmm. on Twitch. Oh, fun! Yeah, it's it's been very very fun. We've got a couple of shows. One we took over from another channel. Uh, that's BattleTech, basically. It's like Game of Thrones mixed with BattleTech. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. They're very, very dramatic. Lots of big battles. Uh, when you know, when we have we have the big miniatures that we've used over the last couple of years. That you know, when they take damage in battle, we actually drill holes in them. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> when the characters die on the show, they don't come back. <laughs> That so is they're commi- basically out of a job if they die. It was a very, very stressful show. Oh, man. Wow. That's, that's yeah. How, how then, often you know, do you do that? The Metaverse, which is kind of uh, our sci-fi multi-genre show that you know takes these five ordinary people and basically puts them in these VR pods that send them into heroes in other worlds, like Sliders meets uh, Quantum Leap. Huh. And uh, that show is a lot of fun just because the audience affects everything we do uh, up to and including, like, actually just taking over the game. Hmm. How often do you guys do those streams on Twitch? 
Uh, Masters of the Metaverse is every Monday night at 6 p.m. Pacific. And that's on our Twitch channel, the Zombie Orpheus Twitch channel. Interesting. I mean, you ever, I think a lot of people, if they know what Twitch is, associate Twitch with just video games, video games right? And right. some other nonsense as well. But uh, that's just like that's a perfect platform to do everything, every type of game. Yeah, because they can they can tip into it, and instead of you know us doing stupid stuff in the game, we do even more stupid stuff in our game. And people get really invested in the characters and the story. We have new fan fiction and art every single week. It's, we've got a really, really cool fan base for that show. I love it. Interesting. And that's been my baby for the last year. Okay. So is that the, the your that, that Twitch channel, that Twitch that you say it's been around for about a year or so? Oh, no, the, Twitch, the new Twitch channel that we, we actually just started that a couple of months ago. It's practically brand new. Oh, okay, fresh. And okay. Uh, all, all of our shows on that actually go, uh, as soon as they get done streaming, go straight to Fantasy Network, which we also just started That's, this year. Yes, that we just heard about that a little bit ago. Yeah. So you can find uh, Masters of the Metaverse and Project Metaverse on the Fantasy Network. Interesting. If and when you subscribe for the low, low price of however much it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many... Offhand, what what's your what's your subscriber like? How many subscribers do you guys have so uh, far on your do, Twitch we channel? We don't do a subscriber based channel, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, most of our you know support comes from Patreon. Oh, okay. Patreon's uh, Patreon's definitely got uh, a, a heck of a, a solid foothold in terms of funding nowadays. Yeah, I think I think we our latest business model was based on Patreon. We're kind of sticking with it, and it's been it's been really good. Okay. But again, I don't know the business end of things there. I'm just a content creator at this point. Perfect. Well, speaking of content creation, you were uh, in the viewing at Gen Con, or in the viewing. Okay, let me rephrase that. You were present in a role of uh, Strowlers that they put on on Gen Con. Uh, tell us, yeah. who, tell us a little bit about Strowlers. Uh, Strowlers is just. It's, it was a pet project of uh, Ben Dobbins years ago, and he'd been trying to get it made for a long time, and he just had he got so much support from the fan community on getting this done that it that it getting released pretty much launched the way not only for the fantasy network but for the new uh, for the new licensing agreements that they're doing with all of our shows, where you can basically remake as much of the content. It, we basically have the open gaming license for movies. If you can imagine what that would look like, you can, you know, remix and rehash and shoot your own stories, and we can make them canon. And everything's like this interconnected universe now. And when you saw this beginning, and you know, being inter- uh, involved with what you have been so far, did this kind of stir the creative juices on your side? To say, hey, okay, so since oh, we- oh, absolutely. There's a, it, you know, I've, I've got a couple of Strowlers projects in the back of my mind that I've been playing with for a while now, uh, and also, you know, that opened up the Demon Hunters license, so I can work on my uh, my pet project for the Demon Hunters universe, which was kind of my entryway into Dead Gentleman and Zoe. So I can finally start making my Demon Hunters show. 
So, um, so you're dealing with uh, dealing with this new Twitch channel. You've got the things going on with Dead Gentlemen. Does that still leave you any time for doing side projects for like uh, theater out and about? Do you still get a chance to do that, or you kept pretty uh, yeah, busy? Yeah, no, I, I did a show this summer, in fact, and that was fine. Uh, but I, I'm also going to take the next few months off from it, so I can focus on this, getting the channel off the ground, and getting good shows on it. Yeah. So a little, little difficult to juggle on occasion, I would expect. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, yeah, you, it is. You, you I've, got, I've got a great, I've got a great team and you know, my family is involved in it and it helps. I was, I was going to say you, you had mentioned before, cause you, you've got to go to work here a little bit. So do you have, like, you have a full-time job currently. No, 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 no. Okay. I, I, I moonlight a couple nights a week as a karaoke host. Okay. So like you're. It gets, it gets me out of the house. Otherwise I'm just behind the computer all the time. Gotcha. Okay. That's why I wanted to double check. Cause like if you're doing all these other things and you've got some other thing you go to, uh, that's. No, leaves no time for sleep. And do karaoke and not get drunk. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they pay me for it. That sounds like well, it actually does sound like a good time to me, yeah. honestly. But no, it's fine. Again, like I said, it gets me out of the house two nights a week. Um, okay, so, so okay, I, I've got to ask now. If you're gonna, this is completely nothing to do with any of the questions I had originally planned asking. So that's I, fine. I, I didn't know about the karaoke thing, so I've got to ask now. Um, there's got to be some rather entertaining stories that you've managed to run into running karaoke because. There's, there's, you know, whether it's bad singing or somebody you ran into that just blew you away or just uh, a ridiculous... Oh, when I see those people, I usually try and get them in something. Yeah. <laughs> get, guest appearance, yeah. Yeah, uh, James Dean, who's on Masters of the Metaverse. Uh, well, I saw him, I met him at karaoke. And <laughs> they're like, I don't, I don't know who you are, but we're going to put you in something. You're amazing. <laughs> Nice. So, so is it your own little slice of uh, America's Got Talent just like yeah. a couple, couple nights a week? Yeah, but, that, but I don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I judge every single one of them silently. As they <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you really need to you need to get a buzzer and just you know, one of those little flashing lights you can put on the car and nobody knows oh, about if, it. If only I had that buzzer, though. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. That, that yeah, was excellent. Yeah. Uh, time for the next person. Before we go off for 30 seconds. Too drunk to sing that song. <laughs> so what? What is? What is? Two. It's a two-parter. The most requested of your songs during karaoke night, and you or the most annoying requested. They're the same. They're the same. It's it's Bohemian Rhapsody and Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, oh and that picture song by Kid Rock and uh, Cheryl Crow. Oh, uh, even the regular version of that song isn't very good. Also, what's up by the Ford on Blondes? Just because you hear it so often. Uh, oh my word! I, those are definitely songs I would not want to hear in a karaoke setting. No, I mean like the Bohemian Rhapsody is a song on its own, but uh, yeah, I, no, there's other ways to approach that. So yeah. So okay, ask the question that you ask every person. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I like to go back to I almost call them eighth grade questions, like, hey what's your favorite band like so we want to know we want to dig a little deeper into kind of when you were growing up what music were you listening to or slash 
what are you listening to right now? Uh, it was it was all like it was all punk when I was a kid. <laughs> it was all punk and metal, That's but like mainstream start. metal, like Metallica. Okay. You know, is that is that is that still? Have, no, no, I've gotten I've gotten so much more rootsy as I've gotten older. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you, know, you know, I like listen to like uh, like Americana type stuff now, bluegrass, still with like a punk edge to it, but it's it's much tamer yeah. than what I used to listen to. I like banjos now. Nothing wrong with banjos, a little Bela Fleck every now and again. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was it now? Well, well the punk, we got it like, was it more... Like traditional, or what? Are we talking like rancid? Yeah, it, was more, it was more traditional, and then and then you know, ska happened. Uh, okay, yeah. So that's that's where the rancid comes into play. Then, yep. A little right. bit, just a little bit more Operation Ivy than rancid, but yes. Okay. I was going to say because there are multiple waves of ska. There are three different ska. Oh, yeah, waves. No, I was I was into like ska core. I liked. Any, I also just thought it was so cool there were horns in in music. It's like, well, that's right. Horns used to be a thing. Yes. That, Let's actually yeah, go, go back to why I like banjo now. A little bit of Genesis, you know. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. Little, little horns here and there. Yeah, but some Chicago. Yeah, I listen to a lot of classic rock now too. I think that's because I did a whole bunch of summer shows where it was just singing old classic rock songs. <laughs> Got to get... learn a bunch of them <laughs> because they get to get stuck in your head. I think after a little while. Yeah, and then I imagine there's some Chicago going on karaoke land. So. Uh, only, only from time to time. Mm, what are these people singing? That I don't know. Okay. I like it when they do Chicago because all their songs are like seven minutes long. <laughs> I'm gonna take a break. Yeah, that's a good point. If I don't know, I, I might. It, they're, they're seven minutes long, but they're also generally very relaxing. So if mm-hmm. it's if it's that, then I might fall asleep before the next <laughs> song starts. Yeah. Yeah, but when you're 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 not you're underestimating the power of a uh, and you know a, a drunken college person and the energy that they have on that stage. <laughs> don't call it liquid courage for nothing. So yeah, yeah. you know they 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 don't know what key they're singing in. They just know that the louder they sing, the more people yell. Mm, yes. All right. Well, let's let's switch gears. Staying with the eighth grade kind of mindset, mm-hmm. but making it more kind of specific to the genre that 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 this the the project kind of fit. So you you played some Dungeons and Dragons. What though? Oh, yeah. uh, what are your games? What are the ones that you kind of just always stick with you? You never get tired of them, or if not a specific game, a, a genre of games that you kind of love. Uh, I I love Shadowrun. So, uh, and I love any superhero game. Excellent. Now, are you familiar with Shadowrun, Richard? I want to say yes. I'd have to look at it, and then I'd probably... It's like D&D cyberpunk. Yeah. In the future, I'm an orc, yeah. but I'm an orc with implants. <laughs> yeah. And not breast implants, like, you know... Well, you could. Implants. You could. I, that... that depending on if you're a male or female or I suppose yeah. right. so so superhero games there's tons of those what? Oh, yeah, and I like I like all of them I think I own all of them that hey there's there's nothing wrong with that did you ever get a chance to play aberrant oh yeah I think I've got every edition of that I've even got the leather bound hardback covered version of that <laughs> so that aberrant is basically what if all the superheroes were uh, crazy 
basically. Yeah. In, in, in or show. even just, what if they were all, you know, jerks? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. It's a fantastic game setting. If you ever get a chance to play it, it's... Uh, They're like, yeah, forget this saving the world stuff. Let's become celebrities. <laughs> Luchador wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <sighs> kind of like, um, to a greater extent, like the, uh, the Will Smith movie... Uh, Hancock. Hancock, yes. Kinda, kinda. Uh, think, think more like Heroes. If you ever saw that on NBC, I, I, I didn't. Oh, you're killing me, Richard. Killing me. Yeah, except, except the uh, second season of Aberrant wouldn't suck. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I know enough about know about that show. That, that, yes, that that was a problem. Well, I'm I myself cannot say that that show sucks in any way, shape, or form because I still very much want to meet most of the people that were involved in making oh, it. No. Oh, yeah. me too. Me too. I would, you know, we uh, we trash the things we love. Yeah, yeah, no. And I loved that show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it it. Uh, before there was a Marvel, before there was this massive, well, not before there's a Marvel, but before the MCU and everything else was going well in terms of making that kind of a movie or a television show, Heroes was the closest thing that I... And the effects were amazing. Yeah. For a show that was on NBC of all places, right? Yeah. So. Right. Okay. Or at least they were well used. <laughs> So, okay, so let's let's go from the past to the future. So you've got these projects going on, but let's let's think ideal world, big dream. What in your <laughs> mind, what is what is the end thing for you? What do you really wish that you could manage to 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 do and make happen? Uh, I want to leave this company better than I found it. That's yeah, fair enough. Yeah, definitely. Definitely always good. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to get rich or famous. Really, I just I want to keep making stories with these people because they tell good stories. That they do, and uh, you definitely you definitely bring it to life uh, quite well. And uh, each each and every member of of the shows that I've seen, one common common theme, and maybe you can uh, attest to this uh, as well from your perspective. They seem. And they're pro- approachable is not the word, but relatable. That, that's the they word are. I'm looking for. Yeah. So uh, whether that's a result of, uh, it's probably a combination, but a, a result of the writing or the way that you managed to bring the characters to life, it, it makes it when you're watching it, it's like, yeah, not only do I know that guy, I would game with that guy. I probably have gamed with that guy. Right. And that's, you know, we look for people. We, we keep good people. And, and we hold on to the things that are good. That's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. And so there have been, once again, coming from the outside perspective, there's been three seasons of Journey Quest. But four uh-huh. four and five are under... On the way. On the yeah, way, they're okay. On, yeah, they're, the scripts are written. Just got to get them funded and shot. So it sounds easy, doesn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> no problem. Take two seconds. So, and this is just for for the for the benefit of Richard, who I've not actually told this uh, to. Uh, Journey Quest and a lot of the projects that they run um, are kind of connected in some respects. So the the what happens in one may affect something in one of the others. Or at least it appears to be so. Is that still kind there is, of... There is definitely something to that statement. So it, it, it leads to a certain level of excitement for a lot of people that get invested in these in these projects, wouldn't you say? 
Definitely. Well, I, I guess I was asking part of that because when you say I want to leave this company better than when I found it. So if four and five are scripted and they're in the way, like your, what is the ultimate end game? I would say as far as you like, do you want these to go to like fifty seasons or like you know how long? No, I you think, p- I think I think Journey Quest is going to tell its story in five, but there's you know there's a lot more stories to tell and. People are getting a feel for the kind of stuff we make, and I think we're, we're on. I think we're on a, a, a new path, is what I'm saying. There are new and different things in the future, and I'm looking forward to them. Very good. Well, that's 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 definitely excellent. I blew through my questions much faster than I anticipated that I was going to. <laughs> Well, we could always we could always go back to more eighth grade questions, right? So I, I think we need more eighth grade questions. Comic books? Are you a comic book person? I I, I have been a comic book person in the past. And uh, the ones that you paid more attention to slash collected because you you had mentioned the superhero, you know, oh, movies I was, and I was stuff. Definitely an X Men fan growing up. I'm always outnumbered. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's, that's kind of what my direction gotten, when I was... As I've gotten older, I've been I'm more enamored of the DC characters. Yes, if only the DC characters could be brought to a screen that wasn't animated in a better yeah, form. Yeah, but that, that animated stuff's pretty spot on. I love it. I, the animated stuff is... Fantastic. Hard, it's hard to beat. It really is. Yeah. I mean, they're still telling they're still telling good stories. I don't care what medium it's in. I can wait as long as it's watchable. Yeah. Absolutely. I well, and one of the one of the small things uh, that we missed him at Gen Con, but uh, uh, the the gentleman that will be portraying um, Deathstroke, uh, assuming the DC movies continue to go forward, so, yeah, they go on. Yeah, was was in attendance, and I I'm still kind of kicking myself uh, that I just I, I missed by just a few minutes. That would have been. Uh, a, a fantastic opportunity to just geek out for a moment. There's a good question right there. Yeah. Okay, you have the same kind of fandom of this. What is a a great geek out moment that you had? That you had an opportunity to meet somebody or do something, and you just oh, I'm, I am the worst at these. Uh, I, I, I I I freeze up real fast with people. <laughs> That I, <laughs> I, I uh, in three years, I think I've seen Pat Rothfuss uh, three different times at Gen Con, and only last year did I manage to actually even get a fist bump in. <laughs> so nervous was I, uh, to, and, and like, and I'm, I'm standing next to Larry Dixon and Mercedes Lackey <laughs> <laughs> when I'm doing this. So it's not like I've never spoken to a famous author before. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I just, yeah, I just was so worried I was going to geek out. And in doing so, I looked like a complete ass. <laughs> so, okay. So that, and that can lead into kind of an interesting thing too. So you have a certain level of fame now. Uh-huh. Um, how often do you get recognized outside of uh, conventions for what you do? Um, not too often. I mean, I live in a quiet little town, so it doesn't happen too much but you know gaming shops comic book stores the mall occasionally is it a nice balance do you prefer it that way or would you prefer Uh, yeah i don't know if i could deal with it all the time but it's still it's kind of cool when uh 
when it does happen, I mean, it's, 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 it's a rare enough occurrence to where it's, you know, I, I don't look much like, you know, I did 12 years ago when we filmed Dorkness. I don't know. I don't know. I'd 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 say you you are the, the spitting image of your former self. Is, is that a oh, compliment? Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm I'm much fuzzier than I used to be. And uh, you know, Nathan, for example, Nathan Rice uh, always gets recognized. Oh yeah, yeah. It's hard. He's to... Just he's so he's so distinctive looking. I and would. For me, it, it doesn't happen quite as often. With Journey Quest fans, it happens a lot more often than with gamers fans. Yeah. Um, okay. So, all right. So, it's the beard. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, let's kind of, let's, let's wrap this up with, uh, just kind of, uh, a final question from each of us and we'll let you get to your project so you can keep spitting out stuff that we love each and each and every, uh, week. What's one more question you've got for us, Mr. Geiger? So we talk a lot about, and a lot of the interviews that we've done previous have been around Gen Con, right? So what is, I guess, your feeling on Gen Con? Because it, it seems like that is the one that gets a lot of repeated visits. And it's not like it's just you hop down the road. It's you got to fly across most no, of the we country. Go, we, go, we go every year. We, we do a very uh, big event at Gen Con. That's what gets us there every year. Now, are there any other conventions that, that uh, some of the other people we've talked to obviously go to a few? Are there any ones that you in particular kind of target throughout the year that you like to go to or would love to go to, but maybe just haven't recently? Yeah, like I've never been to Dragon Con, but I've always wanted to go. And that's, that's, was that right now? Was that last that's week? Next, this weekend, I think. This weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right around the corner. We'll hopefully, if everything goes well, be speaking to Larry Elmore afterwards. That will be. Oh, Larry, he's fun. That's 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 what I'm that's what I'm keep hearing. Everybody I talk to say, yeah, he's a great guy, and that's uh, that's one of the things about the the gaming community. That was the question I was kind of go with. I've hung out with Larry a few times. He's he's good people. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel that the gaming community is kind of different than you know talking about whether movies in their own right or television in their right? The following that musicians get. Does it feel different to you than these other environments? Does it feel more like almost an extended family? Very much so. Very much like an extended family. I mean, these, I, I didn't expect the level of popularity that was going to come along with it, and they made it um, much more comfortable than they could have. And that is in large part due to the, the community and, and the way that they... You know, they, they treat people. Yeah, that's one thing they, that I've... They know how to be good fans. I mean, that's not to say that there aren't a lot of bad fans out there. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's impossible with uh, the number of people on, on the planet that you're, you're not going to run into a handful of them on a regular occasion. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, we've, got such a, we've got such a great fan community that we, you know, really, that we cultivate, that we work on, you know, we take them very, very seriously. They're our bread and butter. Okay. So, one last thing that we would like, because we are always trying to uh, trying to do that interconnectedness that, that we love. We would. What projects do you want to plug? What What do you want people to visit when after they listen to this? Where should they go and what should they do? 
Uh, obviously, you know, you can check out all of our movies. They're streaming for free on Amazon Prime. Check out the Fantasy Network. That is turning out to be a very, very cool platform for a very low price. So I think it's actually worth it. Plus, you can check out Masters of the Metaverse on the Fantasy Network, or you can catch it every Monday night at 6 p.m. Pacific on Twitch TV. Well, I would definitely take his advice because Christian knows knows gaming. He he is he is he is uh, uh, well versed uh, and knows. And, uh, we we took we took our love of improv comedy and applied it to gaming in a, in a very interesting way. If you've ever seen any of our gamers live shows at Gen Con. Masters of the Metaverse is the uh, is the tabletop successor of that. It's definitely worth it. You you guys always put on a good show, and the 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 crowd participation, uh, at least at the uh, conventions, is is a highlight. I know of a lot of people, and it, is, and it is very much the same on Masters of the Metaverse. That's awesome. Our, our crowd participation is uh, is really more than half the fun. <laughs> that's that's excellent. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. We we really uh, feel uh, feel wonderful to have had a chance to to just share some time with you and get your views and and your perspective from the inside. And hopefully, we'll be able to run into you again at one of the cons or uh, maybe talk to you again in the future. And uh, well, that'd be great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, Nate, thanks for taking time to chat with us. And of course, uh, uh, it's no problem. For all of you listeners out there, you can always find us at our website, uh, www.everybodylovespudding.com, or we are at Pudding Guys on Twitter and at Real Pudding Guys on Facebook. And there's loads of stuff on those pages right now. Sure. <laughs> Believe him if you wish. <laughs> there will be, though. It's going to change, but thank you again. Have a great time. You too. Thank you. Thank you.